Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. One more time, give it up for every family, every child. Let them know that you love them. If you need to get pictures, totally cool. You may be seated if you haven't already. And as they exit the stage, I do want to um, say that next week, I forgot to mention at nine o'clock in the nine o'clock service, that next Sunday we have uh, evangelist Tony Soares coming to be with us. He'll be preaching at nine o'clock and 11 o'clock. And you may have never heard that name, but if you've ever heard the name Sammy Rodriguez, uh, he's written a lot of books, incredible pastor, travels the world. Tony Soares is, is basically a spiritual son to Sammy Rodriguez. He travels the world as well, uh, preaches in so, some of the, the greatest churches in this nation and around the world. He will be here next Sunday, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock. Uh, it's gonna be a great time. Don't miss out on that. Today, we're gonna start uh, part two of Reputation. Uh, we all know what it means uh, when we refer to reputation. We, in its simplest definition, it is the view that someone has of us, an opinion that someone has about us. And I'm not really referring to the way others view you in this series because I believe that if you will focus on character, all right, God will handle your reputation. That if you will focus on on dealing with with your stuff and and taking care of you, God will handle your reputation. Um, I believe it's important that we have the right self-image, that we see ourselves the way God sees us. Um, A lot of times when we talk about self-image or self-reputation, you'll hear people say, be humble before God, be humble before God. And I I believe be humble before God, but I don't know that we really understand what it means to be humble before God. I think sometimes people think that humility is... is, degrading yourself or uh, living like you are a worm and and not a blessing. Uh, True humility is just knowing who you are in Christ. That's what true humility is. It is having uh, the same opinion about yourself that God has about you. And so let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says there, it says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We learned last week that uh, as it relates to our, our image, we know that Satan wants to rob us of our image in Christ. But we learned last week that we are completely accepted, we're valuable, we're forgiven, we are, we are loved, and we are fully capable to do what God has called us to do. Today, here's what I wanna talk to you about. I wanna, I wanna frame it with, with, with a, a simple phrase. This is the title, I have to be strong. I want you to hit somebody and say, I have to be strong. Apparently, that was the wrong neighbor. Tell somebody else. I have to be strong. All right. Now, 
now if we took that at face value, most of you'd be like, that's great, we, we need to be strong, I, I gotta be strong, it's, this is gonna be so good. But it's really, I, I'm, I'm really gonna turn the tables on you today because I think that this thought process does a lot of damage to people because they think I have to be strong in every facet of their life. I, and, and there is a pressure to, to be strong in every area. For instance, I think most husbands here would say, I wanna be a strong husband. Most, most wives would say, I wanna be a strong wife. I wanna be a strong employee, a strong parent, a strong boss, a strong business owner. There is a pressure to be strong in every area of our life. And the problem is that when, when we strive to perform and strive to be strong in every area of our life, the process can actually become draining to you. Uh, where, where you're just strong in every environment, strong in every relationship, eventually your strength runs out. And so I, I have a phrase that I wanna give you, but I, I have to set the phrase up real quick. Um, and, and to set the phrase up, I gotta tell you a story. Now this story uh, involves me, my brother, and a fudge round, all right, real deep. Me, my brother, and a fudge round. It's really gonna help me though. Um, growing up as a kid, I had a terrible habit of in the middle of the night, sleepwalking. And so it was not uncommon for my parents to find me laying in the kitchen floor, to find me in another room on a couch, uh, I would get up and I would have no recollection in my mind at all of ever moving. And, and, and not only did I sleepwalk, I had, a, it's kind of a negative habit. A lot of times while I was sleepwalking, I would go by the snack drawer and I would pull out a little Debbie. Fudge round in my case. Anybody like fudge rounds, by the way? You're not gonna like it after this story. But I would grab a snack, and, and this specific night, I got a fudge round. And I don't know what, what happened, because I have no memory of doing it. It was definitely sleepwalking. But that night, I did not eat the fudge round. I took the fudge round back into the bed with me. Um, and I don't know if I needed something to snuggle with. I don't know what, what was going on. But, but that's what happened, and the next morning, the next morning, I woke up, and as I wake up, I look around the bed, and I see fudge round smeared all over my sheets, my, my covers, my pillowcase. I mean, it's everywhere. Now, here's the thing I didn't tell you. Above me, because we slept in bunk beds, was my brother. He had top bunk, I had the lower bunk. I woke up and immediately I went into a panic because I thought my brother had gone way too far this time because he had decided to do number two on me in the middle of the night. This is a true story. I jumped out of the bed, I am screaming, mom and dad, get in here, you'll never believe what Scotty's done this time. And I, I, I'm livid, I, I honestly think he's done number two on me. Now, obviously, he did not do that, though, you know, I didn't put it past him. Uh, but but here, here's the thing that the, the reason I told you that story is for this phrase, a lie that we believe is true, even though it is not true, will affect us as if it were true. 
That is worth repeating. A lie that we believe is true, even though it is not true, will affect us as if it were true. Obviously, that was a lie. My brother did not decide to to do number two on me, but it affected me as if he did, because I believed it. And, And so we have to understand, when it comes to our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, that the devil, the, the devil wants to rob us of that. He wants to steal that from us. And the, what he uses are lies. Here's what John chapter 8, verse 44 says. When the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some of the common lies that the enemy brings against us that, especially as it relates to, I have to be strong because some of us think that's a great thought and it usually is a great thought to be strong. But sometimes the devil spins that in a a negative way, that no matter what you do, What you accomplish, it's never enough, and he's constantly telling you, you need to be stronger, you need to be stronger, you need to be stronger. And and when you have that mindset, it comes out in our speech, and it comes out in the way we deal with people. And it sounds a lot like this, if it's gonna be, bless God, it's up to me. If it's gonna get done, God knows I'll have to do it. I'm the strong one. I'm the only one that does anything. I work harder than everybody else. I have to perform, I have to produce, I've gotta get it all done. I've got to, I gotta pull myself up by the bootstraps and you know what, I, I gotta pull everybody else up by their bootstraps, but even if they're kicking and screaming. There's a mindset that is produced from a lie that the enemy gives that you have to be strong all the time. Now, here's my disclaimer. Every good message has a disclaimer, right? Are y'all here? Okay, I'm making sure. I believe in hard work, high performance, productivity, get the job done. I believe in all of that. But here's what I would tell you. If you do not approach life with a little balance, it won't take long for the flame of hard work and performance to flame out that it will wear you out. So many times we walk around, I've gotta be strong for the Lord. I've gotta be strong for the Lord. The Bible doesn't say that you have to be strong for the Lord. The Bible says be strong in the Lord. That's a big difference. A lot of us are trying to do it for God and God is saying real strength is not you doing something for me. Real strength is when you step inside of me, when you, when you come out of who you are and you step into who I am. And so I wanna look at this because Jesus gives us the answer in, in John eight thirty two, Very simple verse, you all know it. It says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free or make you free. When it comes to our reputation, self-reputation and identity, uh, the enemy definitely wants to rob us of that. And, And one of the ways he does that is to communicate to us through lies that we have to be strong all the time. So I'm gonna give you some categories and all I need you to do is to be honest with where you are today. And if it identifies with you, I don't need you to stand up and run around and say, that's me preacher. But I just need you to do some inventory in your own heart today about maybe some areas where you are trying to be strong, 
but, but it's become a problem now, all right? It, it's not in a healthy place. The first category is emotional strength or to be emotionally strong. The devil wants to convince you that you have to be emotionally strong 100% of the time in every relationship. It is a lie. I mentioned to you last week, you only have so much emotional energy. You only have so much. And people that have a I have to be strong mentality are the kind of people that get in their own way because they will give, 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 and then get mad at you that they gave to you. Are y'all in this place? Like, like they, they, they're gonna give because I gotta be strong. And, and for some of you, you've been the emotional strength for your family, you've been the emotional strength for your friends, you've been the emotional strength for your coworkers, you've been kind of the constant, the stable, the let's, let's calm down, you've been the one to speak life, and, and, and if you've been that person, here's what I wanna do, kudos, all right, honestly. If you've been the stable person, that is great. I am glad that you're, you're emotionally healthy and you've been that for so many people, but here's what you gotta understand. You cannot continue to pour out emotionally and invest emotionally if you are never on the receiving end of it. At some point, somebody, watch this. It's great you know, when you're able to encourage others, right? That we all think we should encourage people. And it's great to encourage. It literally means, that word means to put courage in someone else. That's what encourage is. You are giving them courage. But there comes a place in your walk in, in God, in Christ, that it's okay for you to say, you know what, I don't have emotional strength to give you. And it's okay for you to be in a place where somebody comes by to invest in you. Now, all the people that want to be strong all the time, they're mad at me right now. Now, now, pastor, they need to suck it up. And I have that mindset a lot. I can preach this because I, I have a tendency to, to, to go and to, to be the, the one that drive, drives the thing forward and we're just gonna go, 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 even at my own detriment. But, but I have learned over time, I, I only have so much emotional energy. You only have so much. And when you've invested all that you have and you've given it everything you have, you have to learn to live with that and be okay with that. There, there have been seasons in my, I can't tell your story, I can only tell my story. But there have been seasons in my life when I felt the pressure to be emotionally strong, obviously for everyone that, that, that calls me pastor, like that, that's a, a given you wanna be emotionally strong. You wanna be emotionally strong for, for your staff and your team and the people that, that work here. You wanna be strong for your family. You wanna be strong financially, making good decisions. You wanna be strong for your kids. And, and everybody's story is a little bit different. All I'm trying to communicate is the enemy will sometimes lie and tell you that you have to be strong when really you're at a place where you need something deposited back into you. That you're really not at a place to give out of. And it is okay. Hit your neighbor and tell him it's okay. Y'all not liking this, I can tell. It's when you get depleted emotionally, it's dangerous because here's what happens. When you're tired emotionally, and I'm gonna go ahead and set this, some, some of the physical labor people are gonna be mad at me. I, I have worked physical labor jobs 
uh, one of my first jobs was at a machine shop. And I wasn't in charge of hiring anybody, firing anybody. I didn't have to make decisions. I didn't have to do anything except show up and, and give them some hard labor. I would clock in and clock out. There was no weight emotionally to it. There was a weight physically. Like running a grinder for like 12 hours, you'd go to bed at night and your arms were still shaking. But uh, so I'd be tired physically, but here's the thing. Physical exhaustion, that, that we, we have to recognize it, but it's not on the same level as, as being emotionally exhausted. It, how many know what I'm talking about? When, you, when you've given mentally and you've given spiritually and you, you've been making decisions and you've been trying to cheer everybody else on and say, hang in there, you got this and you're, you're everybody's coach and you're everybody's this or that. When, when you get tired with all of that, that's a different level of tired. And when you're there, you make bad decisions. You make terrible decisions. You, what? Uh, you got to grab this. You say things that you later regret. You hurt people you actually care about. You really do care about them, but when you're, when you're empty, you're empty, and so you do things. And, and I'll take it another, another step. You are tempted in areas that you would have never been tempted in before because you're depleted, because you're empty. How many of you know someone that you love that maybe is really emotionally weak and please don't stare at them or hit them, <laughs> but they are emotionally weak and you feel a responsibility to be there for them? Just think about that. You don't have to raise your hands or anything. You feel a responsibility to invest in them because you know that they're weak. The crazy thing about this is, is sometimes children know that mom and dad's marriage is not good. And I have watched children before. Almost, it's crazy how they will, they'll take on a mindset, we gotta be strong because mom and dad need us to be. Sometimes it's mom and dad know their marriage is a mess and they're just trying to be strong and keep it together just for the kids. There's a pressure, there, there's a weight to it. And, and so many of us, we're suffering today because we, we feel we gotta be strong emotionally. The second category, we feel like we have to be strong is provisionally strong. And, and many of you can relate to this, you know, where you have the mindset of, I've gotta take care of my family. I, I, I need to climb the corporate ladder. I need to work for the promotion. I, I, I need to get the raise. And so it's all based on my performance. It's all based on, on what I do, so I have to be strong. Uh, for some of you, it's, you know, I, I'm the one who has to bring home the bacon and my family likes thick cut bacon. Can I get a witness? I'm the breadwinner and my family goes through five loaves of bread is what you're, th you know what I'm saying? There, there's a pressure and a weight to, to be provisionally strong, to make sure that, that you're moving in the right direction. Uh, there's a demand to provide. And, and some of you may be here this morning and you're thinking and contemplating and praying about a second job or a, a, another stream of income. And there's a real weight because you know that your family could use it and it would be a blessing. But it's almost like at the same time, maybe you've taken the second job and now you're missing events that, that 
for your kids that you, you didn't miss before. And so not only do you have this weight of providing, but you have this weight of now I'm not being the parent that I, that I should be. And you're trying to balance life and, and do everything the right way, but you look forward and you know braces are coming. Come on, somebody. You, you, you know car payments and car insurance for your kids are coming. You know college is coming. We want our kids to go to college. And so there is a, there's a pressure. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? There's a, there's a pressure to be strong provisionally. And it's not just, when, when I say provisionally, I'm not just talking about finances. How many, somebody's got to run the house. Y'all are tough today. Someone's got to run the house. Like the laundry's not going to do itself. Grass is not going to cut itself. Everything broken in your house is not going to replace itself. Every wall that needs paint is not going to paint it. You know what I'm talking about. Provisionally strong. I got to be there. The third area, and this one may confuse you, but it'll make sense in a moment. A lot of us feel the weight to be spiritually strong for ourselves, our family, our friends. Maybe you're one of the few people in your family that actually serves Christ. How many know when you have a weight on you to be spiritually strong and you're the only one serving God, that's a pressure. That's a weight. If you're the only one at your workplace that, that's really serving Jesus, there, there's a weight to that. I've got to be strong. I've got to make this happen. I've I, I got to do the right thing, make good decisions in front of everybody. If I pray for them, it's not just about praying for them. I've got to pray the right prayer for them, right? I've got to do all these things. I've got to be spiritually strong. So many of us operate in that so long, and we, we got to be the first to forgive, the first to pray, the first to love. And I'm not saying any of those are bad. Yeah, go for it. Do those things. But when, when you have that mindset, I have to be strong, even spiritually speaking, I have to be strong, can become a detriment to you. And the truth is, many of you trying to be spiritually strong has worn you out. And, and you may say, how in the world can be me trying to be spiritually strong? How can that wear me out? I'll tell you how. You're trying to do something in the flesh that God meant for you to do in the spirit. Anything you birth in the flesh has to be maintained by the flesh. That's why Ishmael happened. Abraham took something into his own hands and birthed something that he had to take care of from then on. But Isaac was the promise. And so even spiritually speaking, I've, I've got to get to a place. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says God. That there are some things that, that you just being strong is not going to be good enough. You're, you're going to run out of gas. The fourth area is professionally strong. Some of you, you've got jobs you hate and you work with psycho people. <laughs> Every day is an endurance test. Can I make it <laughs> without knocking any of these jokers out? <laughs> Can I get through another day? And, and some of you, the pressure's a little different. You feel a weight to perform at your job. You feel like the people there depend on you professionally. That you bring something to an organization maybe that nobody else brings, to a company nobody else brings. And you feel a weight that if I don't bring my part, the company will suffer. If I don't do what I need to do, then how, how will they get from step A to step B? Um, I, I wanna say this nicely, but I wanna say it strong. 
What you need to understand, and we're gonna look at it objectively, is you may bring something to the table that nobody else brings, but if you walk today, I promise you they'll figure it out. That's how the world works. People leave important positions all the time, and you know what happens? They figure it out. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. Life's a vapor, all right? And, and, and so, we, we have to come out of the mindset of, I have to be strong in every situation. Many of you are feeling that, and it's a lie. And here, here's the points I wanna give you, and it's gonna be very, very simple. This is practical, but I think it'll help you. Number one, your strength is limited. Your strength is limited. Eventually, you run out of gas. You get tired, you get weak. Many of you, that's where you are right now. If you were being really honest, you would say, I'm tired. I've, I've tried to be strong for a long time, but I, I'm, I'm in, a, in a tired, weak state. I'm not getting it all done. When you, when you get in that place, your fuse becomes short. How many know when, when you run out of gas, you get irritable? Everybody gets on your nerves. Come on, somebody. Man, this is going over like a lead balloon. Everybody gets on your nerves. You walk into a room of people who love you and they get on your nerves. Because you, you've given and you've given and you've given without an understanding that your strength is very limited. It's very, very limited. That you're, you're not God, you're not Superman, you're not Wonder Woman. You need a nap. Some of you need a snack and a nap. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, when, when we're in that place, you, you oftentimes, and I don't know how it is for you, I know how it is for me. When you're there, you, you even, you hurt people you love because you haven't recognized that your strength is limited and you're, you're continuing to try to be strong and the truth is you're the only one that hadn't figured out you ran out of gas because everybody else in your life can see it. That's the problem with deception, you can't see it. Everybody else can tell, you know what, you're out of gas. You need to, you need to fill up. And so you, you, you have pressure to perform, but you also have guilt. There's a pressure to, I gotta get A, B, and C done, and then there's, a, there's also a guilt, like when it doesn't get done, you, you, if I would've worked harder, if I was a better husband, if I was a better wife, if I, if I would do A, and so we got pressure and guilt happening at the same time because we have run out of gas not understanding that our strength is extremely limited. You say, well, I, I just don't have the ability, pastor, to get everything done I need to get done. Bingo. Was his name O? <laughs> you're not called to get it all done. If you can get it all done all the time, you're God. You don't need one. Oh, I'm preaching real good right now. Somebody's gonna get a snack and a nap this week. Next point, God's strength is unlimited. That's why God doesn't ask you to depend on yourself. He doesn't tell you to depend on what you can do, but he tells you to be empowered by his spirit. 
Many of us are doing life on limited strength. We're frustrated, we're tired, we're not getting anything done we wanna get done. And, and the reason is, is that we are operating in our own strength instead of God's. And here's what I, I've got to convey to you. A lot of preachers will, will get up and say, you can't do anything without Jesus or you can't do anything without God. Guys, this is where we get fooled. You can get a lot done in your own strength. You can get a lot done. You can become somewhat successful in your own strength, productive in your own strength. The problem goes back to you only have so much to give. It's not that you can't do certain things, it's that you eventually run out. You're eventually, you, you may look at your life and say, look how successful and look at what all I've done. But now because you've driven yourself and you've said, I've got to be strong. Now you are physically sick in your body and can't even enjoy what you worked so hard to create. We have, to, we have to acknowledge that our strength is limited, but God's strength is unlimited. Isaiah 40 verses 30 and 31, he says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The Hebrew word translated as youth, where he says, even the youths grow tired and weary. He's literally talking about the Greek Olympic athletes. What, what God is saying through this is that even the best of the best, the strongest of the strongest, the most supreme athletes, God is telling us, those people get tired. That's what God is telling us. He says, but those who hope in the Lord, they renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. I believe today, that there is some new strength coming into the people of God. Strength that you did not manufacture, strength that you didn't make happen, but strength that God is gonna deposit in you. Again, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, God says. He says, what, what do they soar like? They soar like eagles. The problem is when I look at the body of Christ for the mo most part, I don't see people soaring like eagles, I see them plucking around like chickens. Like even in all you're getting done, you look like a chicken doing it. You look tired, worn out, all over the map. And, and how many know, an eagle's not working hard to soar. That's a word for somebody right there. The eagle is not having to work hard to soar above everything that's going on. He's carried by the wind of the spirit. I am telling you, I, 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 gotta, I gotta be a little transparent right here because we all have those moments. You know you're running around with just the chickens when, when, you're, when you're always like this. I gotta get up, I gotta get to work, I gotta pay the bills, I gotta pick up the kids, I gotta do this, I gotta... When you're in that mode, how many know you're not in eagle mode? How many's ever been guilty of that, not being in eagle mode? Like I just gotta do A, B, C, and you're given a list, and you, you're just telling everybody your list of what you've done. Listen, I'm on, I, I hate to bust your boat. People aren't impressed with your list. They're not. It may make you feel better to state it, but nobody's impressed with it. They, what people are impressed with is when they see God take somebody from here and God takes them to there. 
when God does something that, that you couldn't have done in your own power, in your own strength. Now, this, this is so cool. You gotta be strong, gotta try harder, gotta do better, all those things. Here's the truth. Last point, I have to be weak. The scripture teaches a different concept than what most of us think. The Bible teaches that we have to be weak, broken, vulnerable, and dependent. You have to be weak. And when we are stuck in the I have to be strong mindset, it's amazing the things God will allow to, to happen in our lives to show us we're not in charge. When we have a I have to be strong mindset, even the simplest things become difficult for us. Things that are not even challenging become hard. And, and it's God's way of allowing certain things to happen to show you you're not Superman. You're not Wonder Woman. You can't do it all by yourself. And it's something the Apostle Paul had to learn the hard way because the context is Paul had something going on in his life that was driving him nuts. And he begged God three times to take it away. He called it a thorn in his side. And he begged God, would you please take this, this thing that's driving me crazy? Theologians argue over what it was. How many know it's irrelevant as to what it was? I think it's left open like that because everybody has a thorn. And it doesn't matter what that thorn is. You just gotta diagnose it and, and know what Paul found out. First Corinthians chapter number 12. Before I read it, I believe for some higher purpose, God left Paul's thorn. Maybe even a purpose that Paul couldn't see. Here, here's what it says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says, I take delight in my weaknesses. The word delight comes from a, from a Greek word that I'm not even gonna to try to pronounce because I would butcher that, but it means to think well of. Paul is, is actually learning by the Spirit of God that he needs to take delight in his weaknesses, to embrace his weaknesses. A real problem occurs when we act like we don't have a weakness and we're constantly trying to portray strength. A real problem happens because a lot of times we, we, we'll mask our weakness by, by letting everybody know, I'm strong, I've got it together, my house is in order, bless God, A, B, and C. We're just going down our list, we got this, and we're masking it. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. You may think everyone believes you're strong, but those that are close to you, they can see behind all that facade. They can see your weaknesses. And I'm not saying that to bust anybody's bubble. I am saying that to let you know what Paul found out, that he had to learn to embrace his weaknesses, to take the light in, in the places where he felt like he was coming up short. Here's what happens. When you portray strength all the time, when the devil wants to do you harm, you know what he does? He sends a person into your life. When God wants to bless you, you know what he does? He sends a person into your life. The problem is that when you have a I have to be strong mindset, you will actually block 
God's plan to bless you. You will actually hinder God's ability to bring a blessing into your life because you got it figured out yourself. You can handle it yourself. The other thing that we have to notice is that when we get stuck in a I have to be strong mindset, I hate to go down this road. People that, that have a I have to be strong mindset, and I know there's a bunch of you in here, I gotta be strong, and you're trying to be strong, and you, that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying we, we've got to have some balance. But when you have a I have to be strong mindset, usually those people, watch this, are the most self-critical people. Because as much as they go around saying I'm strong, I got this, I can do it, I can get it done, we all know you never get it all done. And so those same people lay down at night feeling bad they didn't complete A, B, and C. They become self-critical, and, and not only self-critical, they become critical of other people because if I have to be strong, you have to be strong. And so we put, we put demands on people that God didn't put on them, you put on them. And it's all because we are portraying strength when we really need to be embracing our weakness. And so I got a simple question for you. What weaknesses do you need to embrace? What, what area where you don't have it all together do you need to embrace as Paul did and know that God's grace is sufficient in your weakness? That God has, you say, well, pastor, I, I'm not getting it done. I'm working hard. I'm trying A, B, and C, and I'm trying so hard, and I'm just not getting it done, and I feel broken and empty. I just want to tell you, congratulations, because you are a prime candidate for God to begin moving. He uses broken, vulnerable, dependent, messed up people. Empty people. You say, I'm just so empty. That's a good thing. That means you're ready to be filled. It's all in how you look at it. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back. Again, what weaknesses do you need to embrace? And, and I have felt the pressure. You, you know, we can talk about the professional strength and, and or providing that, that being strong. I've felt all that, but, but even, I can't tell your story, I can only tell mine. As a pastor, you know, there, there is a, a a pressure to, to make sure we keep moving this thing down the field and that, we're, that I'm strong for my family and my kids and my staff and for anybody that, that would need me there. That's a pressure, and that's not me whining about it. I'm just saying it's a real thing. Your pressure may look different. Everybody's is different, but everybody has things pulling on you. But I'm gonna be honest with you. When we got ready to move into this building and, and all of it. How many enjoy this building and this in worship? Isn't this amazing what God has given us? But I came into this building, thank God for a wife that can see when you can't see it. But I came in one day and I was really, really frustrated because when I walked in, and I gotta say about her, I have to step in and give her breaks because she, she, we're wired. You, you can only imagine that I, we're wired to get it done. You know, that's just who we are. And I walked in one day and, man, it, it, we had had so many setbacks and we were all killing ourselves. We were working long hours. Everybody was tired. It, it wasn't just I was tired. It, everybody was tired. And I walked in, just looked around, and, you know, you, you, you're like, 
it's not going to get done. And I, I can remember, I, I forgot to mention this at 9 o'clock this morning in the first service, but she said, you need to go home. It was like 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, just got here. Like, what do you mean go home? She said, you just need to get out of the building. Get out of here. And so I left, but at the same time, I learned something that day. Because here, here's the deal. I, I could have stayed here mad all day. And there was some, I, I got to confess, there was some days I was mad all day. Anybody ever been mad all day? All right, where, where you want to just kick things, throw things, and, and do, do all this stuff. And we, we had been working hard all the way up to that point, and it was almost like God was saying, I want to do some really cool things, but I, I don't want to do it if you're going to kill yourself and then try to take the credit for it. See, we, we, want, we want to do all that, and then we want to become the martyr who made it happen. And so what I've learned is, you know what? There were some days I went on home early. Instead of coming in here kicking and screaming and yelling and doing some of the things I wanted to do, there were some days, I was, it'll be what it'll be. It'll get done if it gets done. And then we had a ribbon cutting. And it's not to say that people didn't work hard. There were people working hard to make it happen. But I am learning that God can get more done through me sometimes when I'm a little more hands off than when I've got it like this and I'm doing it in my own strength. And, and, and man, I felt it so powerfully in the first, I feel it again. There is strength coming to some people and God is trying to communicate. He's been trying to communicate to you in small details that have become hard. It should be easy. It's God's way of saying, back up. Let, let go a little bit. You're tired. You don't have to expend that much energy. I'll do more in a moment than you could do in a lifetime, but you gotta trust me. You gotta allow me to be God in your life. Anybody relate to what I'm preaching or am I just preaching to myself today? Would you stand to your feet all over this place? Here's what he said. He said, my grace is sufficient. Everybody say, my grace. God said, my grace. That is his divine influence on your life. God said, he said, my power is made perfect in weakness. Power there is miraculous power. This power is made perfect in, in weakness. The word perfect means completely fulfilled and the word weakness means brokenness. Check this out. If you break that verse down and you look at it this way, it would read like this. God's divine influence is exactly enough to meet your every need for his explosive, miraculous power is made completely perfect in you when you are broken before him. I wanna encourage anybody who's tired, anybody who's broken, anybody who's given more than you've received, you're in a good place because God's about to pour into you. You're about to see his power in your life, in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I ask in this moment that you would start doing some incredible things for people who are tired. God, show them they're not God. They're not in control. Show them that you can do more in a moment, God, than they could do in a lifetime. I pray, Father, that you give some people some rest, that you give them a mental break, God. I pray, Father, that they would see that you're, you're in control and that you love them. And, and though it's a great thing to be strong and try to be strong, 
God, we don't wanna rely on our own strength because it's limited. We wanna rely on your strength, it's unlimited. And God, we know that your grace is sufficient for us. And God, if we're broken, if we're vulnerable, if we're dependent, we're in a great place for a breakthrough, for you to move, for you to speak. Because when we come to the end of ourselves, God, then we can step into who you are. And God, I believe there are some prime candidates here today, God, that are ready to step into everything, God, that you have called them to be. And it's not by their might or their power, but God, it's by your spirit. I ask that you move in every heart, every life, every mom, every dad, every husband, God, every every boss, every business owner, God, every person that, that is given, given, given. God, I pray that be reciprocated back into their life by the power of the Holy Spirit today, that you put in them, God, what they could never manufacture in their own strength. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God another praise right there. Divine strength coming to you. Now here's what I gotta do. I want you to bow your heads again, close your eyes, no one looking around. If you're in this place and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if that's you, if you're watching online, if that's you, I wanna give you an opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You say, I need Jesus, I need his forgiveness and his grace in my life. If that's you today in this room, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, I need to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for these hands here. God bless you. Another one here, God bless you. Another one there, God bless you. Anyone else? Two online, God bless you. One up here, God bless you. Another one back there, God bless you. Awesome, this is awesome. That's why we do what we do. Every voice lifted together, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. And I ask you to forgive me, to create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me and filling me with your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you celebrate all those people that just made a decision? Amen. I apologize for preaching so long, but I probably shouldn't apologize for preaching. It's probably not the right, right way to do that. I, I just know I went a little longer. Prayer team and staff, please come forward. Let's get in place. Listen, if you if I preach to you today, please don't. I think sometimes we're afraid. Like we're not gonna like scrub your head or do anything crazy in the altar. We're just gonna pray with you, okay? We're just gonna pray with you. So don't be afraid of this moment. If you need prayer, come and allow us to put our faith with your faith. There are times I don't feel like praying for people, that I want somebody to pray for me. And so if I feel like that as a pastor, I know there are people in here that you say, you know what, I, I need somebody to like pray for me. If that's you, don't miss out on this moment as we sing this last song. Before we do it, give God the best praise you have today, church. God bless you.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.